We whoa, we whoa. Yeah, all right. Still uh, doing this auto tune bit. So, gonna see how long they let me keep this up for. You know? Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Didn't even have to ask this time. Love that. Solid, solid guy. All right, everybody. Super stoked you're back. You're important to the show. Better you are, better BJ is. That lady over there is telling me to uh, wrap it up. Uh, Gotta stop doing the bit. Today we have Ashley V. Robinson uh, having a good, good time. Let's get it. All right, everyone. Quiet on set, please. In five, four, three, two. Hello, everyone. I'm BJ Mendelson. We are recording another episode of Weibo TV at a special time. I am joined by my guest, Ashley Robinson. Ashley, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm so good. Thank you for making this special time happen for me. <laughs> I, it is, I, I will go above and beyond for everyone who is... Um, who is jumping on this podcast, especially because, you know, we haven't formally released it yet. It's coming out next month. We're going to drop all these episodes at once. So uh, thank you for taking part in like the, the pre-production of it. So it's uh, exciting. I, yeah. Well, it took, it took long enough. It only took me like 10 years to do this consistently after telling people to do it for 10 years. Well, uh, you know, but Conan no, O'Brien only invented podcasting in 2019. So you're not that late to the party, honestly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh my God. That show is great. Do you, do you listen to that regularly? Not regularly. I listen to it if it's a guest that I'm particularly interested in, but I do sure. think, look, he's a great interviewer. It's a great show. But when right. Time Magazine released that cover, I was like, I and my 300 episodes do take umbrage. <laughs> yes. Yes. So let's let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk less about me and more about you. So why don't you <laughs> introduce yourself for everyone who might be watching and listening at home? Hello, my name is Ashley Victoria Robinson. The V is very important because Ashley Robinson is a WNBA player who's taller than than me and I don't want to fight her for SEO, but I do want to meet her. So if you know her, please let her know. Uh, I am an award losing actor, podcast host and comic book writer. So like so many people in and around the coast, uh, a dilettante who does all things. And uh, I just closed a show at the Wallace Annenberg Center of Performing Arts in Beverly Hills and currently running a comic book Kickstarter campaign. So that's why I'm here today. <laughs> and let's let's talk more about it. Let's, um, so you had initially done the campaign and funded it. So is this the same campaign or is this like a we tell us a bit more about what the campaign is so we, we can get excited about it? Yeah, and you were part of my first campaign. So thank I you was. for lending your talents. I don't know if that person ever followed through with it. But <laughs> in 2019, I ran a campaign for Aurora and the Eagle issue one. It was a digital only black and white issue. And Aurora and the Eagle is an idea that I've had since mm, somewhere between 20, 2010 and 2013, uh, when I first immigrated to the United States. And it stars Aurora Borealis, who it may shock you to learn has the power of the Northern Lights, who is Canada's national superhero. And she gets invited by the Unity League, think like a global justice league, to immigrate to the United States, to train with the Eagle, to become the best superhero that she could be. And in 2019, I applied for my American citizenship. So it felt like an appropriate thing to do. And the reason I did it digital only was because I used a lot of those funds to pay my immigration fees because it's really expensive to become yeah. a citizen. And it funded. It did really well. I got a lot of positive feedback on it. And then over the panini, I have been working again with my creative team to tell a 48 page. So this is like a prestige issue. So it's the original first 20 
with some new art and some fixing up. And then it is 28 new pages of story printed this time, printed. And then we just cracked our stretch goal to have color pages, which is so exciting because as anyone who's ever made a comic book knows, the price between printing color and black and white is, is real. And I wanted our goal to be super achievable and i wanted like i think the black and white art is very strong my artist emmanuel chateauneuf is amazing uh so that was our first stretch goal we funded in 24 hours so now it's just a pre-order campaign which is so exciting <laughs> this is great what was what's it feel like to i mean because doing a kickstarter i think people don't understand how, how difficult it is not only to mm-hmm. operate it not only for it to be successful but then to fulfill it right because that becomes like a, a full-time job so are you at that stage of like this is a relief that that you're getting ready and the pro- and the comic is about to come out? Uh, yes and no. So this is my sixth crowdfunding campaign. This is my fifth wow. Kickstarter. So uh, it's not my first rodeo. I feel like and every campaign, if you go from like Jupiter Jet Volume One, our, our very first comic book Kickstarter, to Aurora, you can kind of see it's like slim down, slim down, slim down, like perfecting the process. Sure. And I think we've like finally perfected it to a science. <laughs> so I like to say, and I encourage other creatives to like take this sort of attitude on that. As long as it funds in 30 days, that is what mattered. If you've picked the right number, which I try to pick the bare minimum that I need to uh, achieve what I want. Like I don't take a page rate. I don't, I won't get a page rate unless we cross like 13 or $14,000. So like I'm strictly trying to pay all of my collaborators and um, then the shipping, which keeps international shipping keeps going up friends, as I'm sure you've noticed, uh, and then, you know, shipping supplies, printing, like all of that sort of boring stuff that, that people don't talk about. But I've had enough success on Kickstarter repeatedly that I know I can usually fund within three days. And that, so the minute it funds, it's just like, whew, what a relief, what a treat, what a dream. But then you don't have to do stretch goals, right? You could just let your campaign ride. But I'm really passionate about stretch goals and showing people where that additional funding is going, even if it would be as transparent as sending an email to say like, hey, if we had $14,000, I get paid. How cool is that? Uh, but up until that point, I like to make it a little more a little more practical thing. So it, it is a relief, but then it's a different type of work because you're suddenly trying to engage with expanding an audience and making sure that you're keeping people engaged and interested because the campaign does run for 30 days, whether or not you're there and you're sending updates or not. And then it, yes, then it's the waiting game of the four weeks it takes for the funds and then it's fulfillment. But this time, um, all of my pages are done. So once the funds happen, it's just going right to the printer and it's actually happening versus I've done projects in the past where you need the funds to even start. So our turnaround is going to be quicker this year, which is so amazing, even amidst the global paper shortage. So like pray for me that we don't get an extra delay, but it is, um, I guess it's a complicated sort of relief. <laughs> right, right. It's there's, there's always more work, right? Like the press there's, there's always in releasing a comic. There's, there's always something that's right around the corner. Uh, that's, it's, that it's the same thing with the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you're like, oh great, I've got this idea. Oh great, I've got guests. Oh now I've got to record. Oh now I've got to really. Oh now I've got to. Mar- I mean, you're a marketing genius. Like all hail what you do. Uh, but it's all there's always one more thing to be done. But it's also taking those, um, keeping those molehills molehills instead of making the mountains. Hey there, boys and girls. It's your old podcast pal Ralph Garman here, inviting you to invite me into your ear holes five days a week with my podcast, The Ralph Report. Join me 
Eddie Pence, Steve Ashton, and the rest of the happy lunatics that make up the Garmy for as little as 15 cents a day. And for that, you get five shows a week filled with music and jokes and news and history and just so much good stuff that you're going to be glad you chose the Ralph Report. How do you listen? Well, it's pretty simple. Go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash The Ralph Report, and sign up today. There's four amazing levels of subscription that you can join, each one with their own special bunch of benefits. So check it out. Listen to me, Ralph Garman, on The Ralph Report. Patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. Hello, I'm your host of the Harriman Herald Radio Show, and artificial intelligence using the voice of a dead guy for a comedy bit. You can call me Paul Shackman. I have no idea who that is, but it's a very funny name. Did his ancestors live in a shack? They must have. I hope it was a very nice shack at least and not the kind you use out in Alaska to take a shit, only to find a bear at the bottom of your toilet tunnel, angry about the piece of shit that just hit him in the face. We have time for only one story today, so let's go to Nancy Diamante who is over at Harriman State Park. Nancy. Thank you, Paul. You sound a lot like that Honest Trailers guy. Are you sure you're not him? I can't be sure of anything. I am an artificial intelligence, not a person. I only know whatever BJ tells me to say. The only thing I know for sure is that this comedy segment is proof that God is dead. He is dead. Paul, you're right. What story would you like to share with us today? Paul, I'm here outside the cave of a bear with a very troubling story. Yesterday afternoon, during his typical routine, Gary was out minding his own business. That is, until he encountered a bunch of teenagers. So I was out, just doing bear things, you know. And then I hear this noise from the bushes, like a caw-cawing sound. A caw-cawing sound? Yeah, you know, like caw-caw, caw-caw, caw-caw. And then what happened? So I go into the bushes, you know, like an idiot. And these two teenagers come out of nowhere and bite me on the ass. On the ass? The ass, Nancy. The ass. You must have been pretty mad. I mean, if they had asked permission first, I wouldn't have mind. You know what I'm saying. I do. Who doesn't like a good bite on the ass? Right. But they surprised me. So I got real mad and stood up. You know how bears do. And I roared. And then they took a photo and ran away. I bet you that shit's on Instagram. Indeed it is. The Harriman Herald was able to find the photo of Gary standing up and bellowing at his assailants, but the teenagers could not be reached for comment. Gary is currently considering pressing charges. I just want people to know that you can't bite a bear on the ass and think you're going to get away with it. Not out here. Not in my woods. We'll have more on this important story as it develops. Back to you, Paul. Thank you, Nancy. This has been another edition of the Harriman Herald. We now return you to what are you working on, already in progress. Exactly. I think that's great advice. Like, I think that that's, it's sort of along the lines of like, done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I like just, you know, it's, it's okay to close the book and say the project is done and then move on to the next one and, and not stand there, stand around forever and be like, oh my God, I gotta get it right, which is, I am very guilty of. Uh, but let me ask you about the creative process behind Aurora. Like, where, where did that idea mm-hmm. come from? Like, did it just kind of strike you one day or did you see something in another media and you're like, all right, I, I kind of want to tweak it just a bit. Like, can you tell us where that started? I thought I would initially do it as a web comic because when Tumblr was at its height, uh, it was like before Webtoons was a thing. And I love OMG Check Please, which started as a Tumblr, uh, independent hockey comic sport book, if you're not familiar. It's like the king of independent or the queen of independent comics, if people aren't familiar. So I was really inspired by that. And it's obviously... Not a, not, I don't really know where Sam Willis is set, to be honest, but big Canadian vibes, certainly, even if it's not 
uh, a Canadian story necessarily. And I was like, I could do something like this because OMG Check Please released one panel at it. It was it was so genius. Like Ngozi is like so so smart and just like understood the audience. And so I was very inspired when that happened. And then around the time that I'd come up with the idea of oh, this could be like a very I say it's my most personal comic because it mirrors my own immigration journey, but it's obviously very different. Uh, So I kind of came around to like, okay, well, she'll start in Canada and then she'll come to the States. And then from there, we'll do this reveal around page 50, which I finally get to do in this printed issue. And I'm so excited about. And I, that was around the time that the Nelvana of the Northern Lights um, hardbound collection had come out, which I believe also started life as a Kickstarter campaign way, way back in the day. And Nelvana of the Northern Lights was the first Canadian female superhero. She is, you know, arguably, depending on who you want to say, started it, the the, the first female superhero. Uh, and she has the powers of the Northern Lights. She is an indigenous character, so she has a lot of other powers that I didn't necessarily lift from because Aurora, like myself, is a Caucasian character. But those were two really, really instrumental, like early, early inspirations for me. Um, I think it's now because my journey is done. It's evolved into much more like character driven stuff. But those were two things. And then, of course, uh, you got to go back to Alpha Flight. Like you always got to go back to Alpha Flight when you're doing anything. Canadian. I know it's an American publisher, right? I know it's Marvel, but Alpha Flight gets a lot of things really, really right. And ultimately, my demographic is largely American. So I had to make sure that even in telling the story that I wanted to tell, that I was telling it in service of my mostly American audiences. So I try to borrow a lot of that golden silver age humor from things like Nelvana, but also choosing where to keep my references intentionally vague, like where to be like, well, you can Google this now. <laughs> the Canadians will understand. I love that. Now, is there is there anything like that along the lines of, of food? Can you give us a hint of what what might be in an upcoming issue that like a Canadian reader would get and American readers could be like, what is poutine? <laughs> so um, when you first meet Aurora, she's in Canada's capital city and the caption box says Canada's capital city. You know what it is. <laughs> and uh, most Americans think Canada's capital city is Toronto, which yes. it is not. Uh, so I just left that in there being like, you know what? If you're wrong, you're just wrong. And Emmanuel drew it like so it accurately does represent Ottawa, Ontario, Canada is the capital city of Canada. Uh, and it is very iconically uh, set in a very recognizable part of Ottawa. I do this because this is like the piece of land that it, like anyone's right, going right. to understand no. this hand gesture. I do, no one's going to see it. <laughs> I, I, I've been there. I love that city. It reminds me of like if someone took Manhattan and dropped it in the middle of nowhere. Uh, that would be very up. accurate, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like, that's it's- something that I do. And then I had started to conceive of it before uh, Justin Trudeau was prime minister of Canada. And his father was a very famous prime minister of Canada, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. So there is a reference where it's either holy Trudeau or what in the Trudeau. Uh, and it was initially to reference Pierre Elliott. Uh, from the 70s, but everyone thinks it's a Justin Trudeau reference. I'm like, Hon- like fine. Honestly, fine. <laughs> it'd, it'd make for a great shirt for whatever you know, that's when, worth. Uh, Holy when, the co- when the comic pops big, we can we can talk about merchandising. <laughs> well, tell me, stretch tell goal me. number 15. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I would love, I would, I, I would be the first in line to buy that. I'll let you know. <laughs> let me ask you about your creative process with the comic itself. Like, so do you, do you like to break it down knowing the number of pages that you have and then kind of reverse 
and fitting your story into that? Or do you take the story and you're like, okay, well, this this might be good on page 14 and, and be a cliffhanger on page 24? Like, how do you structure that? So there are, it's a bit of both. There are certain things that I kind of know when they are going to happen. When I first conceived of these characters, I knew there was going to be a reveal about the eagle um, that would sort of push Aurora into becoming a superhero more than a sidekick, because that's what I love. Like Robin is my favorite superhero. I love the evolution of being uh, a legacy character to like taking on the mantle or sort of growing past needing to take on the mantle like Nightwing does. And so I knew that would probably take place around page 50 with the intention that the whole story would probably be like 120 to 200 pages, like roughly. Uh, and this issue, which is 48 issues, is like really close to 50 issues so <laughs> or 50 pages rather. So kind of in that chunk of time, I knew that I definitely wanted to end with like the reveal in place and a wink to what was going to happen moving forward. I usually work full script. So I'll have like a rough, a really rough Google Doc that's like ideas, a rough breakdown, um, maybe some lines of dialogue or things I want to reference here and there. And then I go in and I'm like, page one, panel one, description, dialogue one, dialogue two, dialogue three. I'm looser on Aurora because Emmanuel is just like, man, she elevates my work so much. Like I can't say enough nice things about her. And it's not that my artists I've collaborated with in the past can't do that, but her sensibility really runs away with the story in a very interesting way. So I've given her sequences in the past where she's been like, you need more panels in this fight. So I just put in more panels and it like it looks so much better. So I give her a lot less instruction because this is our second time working together, finishing out this first issue. I'm calling it a remix because that sounds hip and cool. <laughs> uh, so I do like a lot less scripting for her because her sensibilities and her understanding of space on the panel is just much better than like, I'm a writer for a reason. I, I don't draw and I have bad spatial relations. I can't get to an apartment unless I've lived in it. Uh, like, please, Same. I barely know North, South, East, West, <laughs> but usually, usually I have a fairly clear idea of where it's going. And then I try to make all choices to serve the character and the narrative because narrative is not plot. Plot is events that happen. Narrative is like the character through line. I know you know this, but someone listening to this might yeah, not know. That's what uh, this show's so all about. I, there we go. So I try to do that. And then if I want to do something just because it's cool, you can do that. But in my opinion, I don't want my whole book to be that. So I try to pick those moments very, very specifically. Or if I'm doing like Aurora has a saying uh, and it's I will I will never behave in a way that is unbecoming of a Canadian. And I try to call back to that enough that you're like, oh, this is a this is a gag, but not enough that you're like, OK, like I get it. It's been every two pages now. So nice. as long nice. as everything is in service of plot, you can put your flair in there where you want to. It's very it's very true. Now, speaking of that, is there any advice that you would give? Well, I guess that would be some pretty sound advice. But if there was a creator that was listening and just starting out, mm -hmm. uh, what would you what would you tell them? Throw everything at the wall. So all ideas are good ideas until they're not. So everything that you have, explore and try it out and don't be afraid to fail. I know that that's the advice that you get all the time, but if you go through all of your bad ideas first, then hopefully by that time your draft like two, three, four, five, six, however many drafts, by the time you get to bringing in collaborators, it's the best version that you can present at this time, which isn't going to be the same as what it's going to be next year or five years from now or 10 years from now. Right? Everything should be better, but try out everything. And then if it doesn't work, you have to kill your babies. I really, there's a very famous Molson Canadian beer commercial from the nineties 
uh, that is a comedian standing on stage named Joe. Uh, and it's called I Am Canadian. He has this whole speech about why he's Canadian. And he drinks Molson Canadian. And I, uh, I wanted it in the book so bad. I was like, maybe I'll do this as an intro. Maybe I'll like rewrite it for Aurora. But like it was because it was initially designed for video. I couldn't like crack it for comic books. And so I had to take it out. And then that's what I wound up using for my Kickstarter video this time around. I like wrote a version of it about me and Aurora. <laughs> and so I kept that idea and I just used it in a different place. And and uh, like I said, all, all ideas are good ideas until they're not. But it's also not being too precious about it to let it go. I know that's like ephemera. That's like not practical advice at all. But <laughs> it, it is. Uh, it is in the sense of it's. It's very easy to get locked into imposter syndrome, or mm-hmm. to like, or to psych yourself out in some other way and be like, no, that, that idea is terrible. No one will ever like it, and just never do it and have it sit on the hard drive. So I, I think that that's really valuable advice for people to hear. And like, we all need to keep saying that because imposter syndrome. Uh, is way more common than I think any of us would, would want to admit. But let me ask you'll you. Be, you'd be shocked too. Sorry, um, oh, no, just ahead. to interrupt. I feel yeah. like I've done nothing but interrupt. you also be surprised who will help you. So yes. BJ helped me on my last Aurora campaign. We have never met tragically. Um, and you keep coming to LA and I'm like, when will you have free time and we can have coffee? It'll soon, be soon. 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 <laughs> so you're not just coming here for fun to hang out on the beach all day? What? Uh, I, I wish. Be, <laughs> you will be shocked, especially in like a Kickstarter or like a new media because it's egalitarian, like who is willing to help you, whether that's with their artistic talents, with advice, um, helping out with you with rewards. I do a lot of swapping of Kickstarter updates because Kickstarter has been around long enough and the economy is good enough that if someone has already donated and you recommend them something, they'll usually at least click on it. They might not always donate. And I will just reach out to random strangers who are also running comic book Kickstarters and be like, we're on the same team. Do you want to help yes. each other? So my other, I guess, piece of advice is like, ask for help and people will help. You'll be shocked. I love that. I love that. We are on the same team. I, that is so succinct, succinct and like spot on. That is absolutely great to hear. I hope people write that down and <laughs> remember it because that's Please. Brilliant. Uh, let me. So let me ask you. We only have a, a few more minutes left. So I want to know, like, who would you give a shout out to that you want the you want people who to pay attention to their work and maybe like their work isn't just as noticed as as we'd like it to be. What a great what a great question. Um, I've actually spent a lot of the last couple of weeks doing this because I've been like, let's crack the stretch goal because I want to get these colored pages. So my colorist. Aurora in the Eagle is this lovely, lovely colorist, and she's an artist in her own right, uh, named Ali Von Ortiz. Her Twitter is at Ali Von Bon, and she is a Mexican uh, artist. And I, it was important to me because the book has an international feel to have as many international creatives on it as possible. So I was like so thrilled. I found her because I tweeted out and said, I need a colorist who has samples. She is a amazing and does not have enough followers online and like doesn't have the buzz she deserves. So if you're doing something, if you have a creative project and you need anyone with like artistic skills, Ali Von Ortiz is amazing. She beat all my deadlines. And I will say only the women I've collaborated with have be- beat their deadlines so far. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yes, I can't. I, that has been my experience <laughs> as well. So yes. It's not a hard and fast rule, but that's definitely been the, I, I shouldn't say that because my, my letter, I haven't given my letter a deadline yet. And he's going to, he's screaming somewhere. He's Carlos is like, how dare you? I worked at DC. I'm your most professional person on your team. And I'm like, you are. You too. <laughs> um, but, but so far, all my women have like blown their deadlines out of the water. Um, so Ali Monartiz, she's really, really talented. 
Um, and like, it's, she's one of those people where I know I'm going to hold on to her for a long time. So I'm going to go hold on to Emmanuel, like with my fingernails until they are like, stop emailing me. I don't like you. Uh, cause she's going to be a huge, huge deal very soon. Um, and then uh, as always, I would always be remiss if I didn't shout out, uh, Jason Inman. He is my partner in all things. We wrote a lot of comics together. Um, Aurora and the Eagle is something that I was very passionate about taking on on my own, but he is my beta reader, my editor, my inspiration for all things. So go check him out. And uh, if you can see this video, all these nice comics behind me are his book, <laughs> Super Best Friend. <laughs> I love that setup. I, I, I absolutely adore that. Like that is so fucking cool. That spinner rack, by the way, is a, is a Kickstarter <laughs> reward. <laughs> nice. A Kickstarter project. <laughs> nice. It's, oh my God, it's beautiful. Um, it brings me back to like the old days of like the smaller comic shops before they became huge and, uh, by me so but that's a whole other thing where can we find you where where can we find your stuff we we've got the kickstarter but like where if we want to know more about you where do we go okay so but but first and foremost aurora and the eagle.com takes you right to the kickstarter which is now a pre-order campaign please go there first and like if you can't afford to because i have been there to my friends like if you would share the link i would be so grateful to anyone who did that but you can find me on twitter and instagram and tiktok because i'm very young and i definitely understand tiktok you can find me at Ashley V Robinson. Again, the V is very important. Come over there, share your creative projects with me. I love boosting. Cause like I said, we're all on the same team. Um, and send me cute pictures of Robin. Cause he's my favorite. Yes. Do you, let me ask you real quick, which who's your favorite Robin? Tim Drake, the greatest Drake. of all. Okay. I understand that objectively it's Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson is Batman's greatest achievement. And like, he's the one you want to kiss, but like Tim Drake is my, I'm like a 90s comics baby. Like my favorite era of the Bat family is from like 95 to like 01. So definitely always and forever, Tim Drake. Awesome. That's all the questions I have. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention? Can I also say that I do a podcast as well yes, that is called Geek History Lesson. You can find it at geekhistorylesson.com or where all fine podcasts are have. We have 400 episodes, over That's 400 episodes. Uh, so please come listen to it. We used to record in a closet in our underwear because we didn't have air conditioning. So trying to figure out what those episodes are. And um, <laughs> we've been very remiss in not having BJ on. So I think we'll have to correct that this year. Yeah, I would, I would love to do it. Count me in. You know... I'm pretty I'm pretty upset that the Mets are good now. Why is that? Well, because now we can't experience things like when they had a 97-year-old pitching coach. You mean Phil Regan? Yeah, th- that guy who played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. That team hasn't even existed for 65 years. Like, do you understand how close we all came to having this super old guy coaching the Mets? Do you understand the kind of comedy gold that could have been, like right now when we need laughter the most? He probably wouldn't even remember who was on the team. Regan would be in the dugout chewing tobacco and saying shit like, send in Willie Mays. And then one of the guys on the bench would be like, coach, Willie Mays is dead. And then Regan would be like, the hell he is, get him in there. I don't think Willie Mays is dead. He's not. And I hope Willie Mays lives forever, I really do. But Willie Mays also hasn't played for the Mets since 1973. Anyway, I just want people to understand the potential joy that we're all deprived of now that the Mets are good. Hmm. Well, that's all for this week. If you enjoyed this episode of Weiwo.tv, you know what you need to do. Rate us and leave us a review wherever your favorite podcast can be found. That'll help people find this show and hopefully enjoy it as much as you did. You did enjoy the show, right? We're going to assume you did, because you made it to the outro. Most people don't. Be sure to follow BJ on Instagram at BJ Mendelson. 
and tell him who you'd like to see interviewed next. You can also text your suggestions to BJ at 646-331-8341. But don't call that number. BJ says he's only going to answer if you're Melissa O'Neill from ABC's The Rookie. Also, only if you're going to ask him out on a date. We'll see you next time, right?